in the Voices series. And I'm excited about this word um, that God is giving us on today. And believe it or not, it's looking at a very familiar character in the Bible. And what I want to do is I want to challenge you to look at this character, this situation, with brand new eyes. Anybody ever heard of Samson before? You ain't even got to be holy to know who Samson is. You ain't even got to read your Bible. You've heard of Samson and you ain't even got to go to church. I want to take a fresh look at Samson. I want to conduct a relational autopsy in his life. I want to look at his patterns. And I believe there's something there very profound that will help you in your singleness. It will help you in your dating. It will help you in your marriage. It will help you in your life. Believe it or not, there's a few things I'm going, there are a few things I'm going to share with you, but this message ultimately has one point as we look at this case study through the lens of this series, Voices. Everybody shout together, Voices. And I know somebody came and they're saying right now, well, 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 well. How are we going to talk about relationships? How are we going to see Jesus through relationships? I ain't come to church to talk about relationships. Three things I need you to know. One, the quality of your relationships is directly connected to the quality of your calling. I want you to write that down. The quality of your relationships is directly connected to the quality of your calling. I'm giving you three things of why us talking about what we're talking about today is critical for you. The quality, the health of the relationships in your life is connected to the health of your calling. Number two, relational intelligence, good relational hygiene, and relational maturity are foundational for a purpose-filled life. I'm going to say it again online so y'all can hear me. Relational intelligence having knowledge and understanding. Good relational hygiene, meaning you know how to steward the, the knowledge you have of relationships. Because you can know and still not do. And relational maturity are foundational you have to have these things if your life is going to be filled with purpose. You can't do purpose by yourself. 
And the last thing, if you don't do relationships well, you can't do kingdom work effectively. If you don't do relationships well, you can't do kingdom work effectively. Can we look in the Bible today? Can we look in the Bible today? I want to call your attention to Judges chapter 16. We're going to look at verses 4 through 9 verse 12 and then we're going to look at verses 15 through 20 and when we finish reading verses 15 through 20 we're going to look at Samson's life perform an autopsy of what went wrong because too often do we encounter friendships relationships business um, partnerships that when they fail, we don't take the time to conduct an autopsy of what went wrong. And because we don't take the time to look at what went wrong, we move to the next situation and repeat the very thing that just happened. How are you going to look at this relationship and this case study, Pastor Curry, through the lens of voices? Walk with me. It says in verse 4, after it happened, circle that word after, because there are a lot of things that happened before this. So after it happened, the Bible says Samson loved a woman. Somebody say love. love. In the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. And the lords of the Philistines, the, the politicians, the leaders of the Philistines came up to Delilah and they said to her entice him and find out where his great strength lies find out what makes him so strong and by what means we may take his power that we may bind him somebody say bind him, bind him. to afflict him every one of us will give you 1100 pieces of silver Verse 6, so Delilah said to Samson, please tell me where your great strength lies and with what you may be bound to afflict you. Verse 7, and Samson said to her, if they bind me with seven fresh bowstrings, not yet dried, then I shall become weak and I'll be just like any other man. So the lords of the Philistines brought up to her seven fresh bowstrings, not yet dried, and she bound him. What happens when you're in relationships that bind you? She bound him with him. Now there were men lying in wait, staying with her in the room. And she said to him, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. But he broke the bowstrings as a strand of yarn breaks when it touches fire. And the Bible says, so the secret of his strength was was not known. If we look at verse 12, it says the same thing, the same cycle, everybody say cycle. cycle. The same cycle repeated itself. 
And so again, she asks him another question to find out how can I bind you? How can I make you weak? How can I take your power? How can I get you to forfeit the anointing that is on your life? Tell me, tell me, tell me. Verse 12. So Delilah took new ropes and bound him. Somebody say bind. She bound him with him and said to him, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. The men lying in wait were in an inner chamber, but he snapped the ropes off his arms like a thread. Verse 15. The cycle repeats itself. Toxicity repeats itself. Patterns repeat itself. It says for the third time. Then she said to him, how can you say I love you when you won't confide in me? Somebody say bind. bind. This is the third time that you've made a fool of me and haven't told me the secret to what makes you so powerful. Give me the secret to what makes you so, so powerful. In verse 16, I like this. With such nagging, she prodded him. Don't miss this. Day after day after day after every single day, she's nagging him all day, all day, all day, all day. Tell me what makes you strong? What makes you strong? What makes you strong? How does she have access to him every day, all day, to ask him? What makes you strong to the point where she asked him so much he just gave her, he, he gave her the cold. Every day? But don't you got your own house to live in? See, y'all got to listen to the text. Listen to the text. So look, it says, with such nagging, she prodded him day after day until he was sick to death of it. So he told her everything. No razor has ever been used on my head. Somebody shout power. power. He said, because I have been a Nazarite dedicated to God from my mother's womb, meaning that I was raised in church. My mama told me and showed me everything. I, I knew the Lord from the beginning. I've been talking to God since I was young. I was dedicated to God. Although my behavior right now doesn't prove it. And so he's telling her, I've been a Nazarite dedicated to God from my mother's womb. If my head were shaved, my strength would leave me and I would become as weak as any other man. When Delilah saw, because she saw, when she saw that he had told her everything, she sought. Everybody say sought. So she sought those rulers from verse 5. Come back one more time. He's told me everything. So the rulers of the Philistines returned with the silver in their hands after putting him to sleep on her lap. Somebody shout bind. bind. She called for someone to come shave off his hair. So he began, so she and so began to subdue him and his strength left him. And then she called Samson, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. He woke up from his sleep and he thought, I'll do like I've always done. I'll shake myself free. I'll repent, ask God forgive me. Ah, you know, ah. But he didn't realize 
that the Lord left him. Look at your neighbor and say, are you ready? Somebody said, I don't really know. <laughs> In order to understand what I mean when I present the question to you, are you a couple or are you just coping? In order to understand how do we look at Samson through the lens of this series, Voices, it would behoove us to take a look at Samson and say what went wrong. What some of us might not know, if we tarry or if we jump over, we're not going to do it. In chapter 14, verse 4, we'll discover that Samson saw a woman who was pleasing to his eyes. And he immediately told his parents, I want to marry her. Didn't enter into a conversation, didn't know her last name, didn't know where she lived. He just saw she looked good and he said, I'm going to marry her. He married her in his mind before he even talked to the landlord of his heart. Told his parents, I want to marry and listen to the first voice. His parents said, hey, listen, I know that you like that woman you think, but, but she ain't, she, she, you ain't equally yoked. You don't know who she is. We need you to slow down. And just like some of us, but she looked good though. And so he went ahead, pursued the wedding ceremony, wasn't thinking about the marriage, just focusing on the ceremony. Then they get married abruptly, quickly, only to discover that the woman who he had fallen in love with, who he really didn't know, had given access, some other people access into their lives and now she revealed a secret that he told her. And as a result of what he heard and what he learned and feeling betrayed, he stonewalled her and he abandoned her. He left the marriage abruptly, angry, upset because of how she handled him. Come to find out, the father of the bride said, he's gone, he's abandoned. I'm going to make sure my daughter is taken care of so he gets her married to the best man of the wedding of Samson. Somebody say, ouch. Samson, like some of us, some of us men, including how I used to be, decides that now I'm no longer angry. I'm going to come back and I'm going to see if you're still accessible. I'm going to see if you're still available because I'm bored. I'm over my pain. I'm good now. Only to find out that she moved on. And for most of us men, how I used to be, I will confess that. Now that I know she moved on, I really want her. That ain't really why I'm here today. I'm... We can talk about that another time. So he gets upset, tortures everything, kills men, because y'all took my heifer. Read your Bibles. Don't get, uh, uh, read your Bibles. Don't leave here talking about pastor cuz. No, no, no. Read, 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 read your Bibles. You keep on watching. That's one relationship. Now, that relational breakdown, that relationship breakdown sets the stage for every decision he makes and will make in his life. Instead of healing, he chooses to deal 
and enters into another short-term relationship of which he saw a woman who was an, a harlot, a prostitute, and the Bible says he goes in and he sleeps with her. Keep in mind, he's born a Nazarite. He knows the vows. But when your heart is hurting, it will always look for something to cover it. No matter who, no matter when, no matter how, my heart is looking for a temporary space to house it. So he goes in with her. That relationship, that encounter was just a one night stand. He moves on. That's in chapter 16, verse 4. And after that short term encounter happens, we end up right here in this text. And the Bible says, he fell in love with the woman who lived in the valley of Sorek. And when you look throughout this text, never do you find the writer of this text reciprocate in any way that the woman who he fell in love with fell in love with him too. Search the scripture. So I'm falling in love with someone who doesn't have or share the same desires and feelings that I do. Somebody say it's one-sided. One but as we look in the text, they're together. Somebody said, well, they're not living together. His toothbrush over there, though. He's obviously spending a lot of time there because she has access to him. He has access to her. She can ask him whatever she wants to ask and she discovers whatever she Day after day after day, she pestered him. Why? Because he's at my house. And the Bible teaches us that even that relationship is faulty because you got two people who are unhealed trying to make something work. I'm going somewhere, we're gonna to get to voices. I just need y'all to tiptoe with me. And so looking at, somebody said what? Even the married couples, you're gonna get something from, from, from this text today. Looking at the text, this relationship dissolves and ultimately Samson loses his life. What you will discover after the verses I read is that now he is bound and he has one more request from God, the same God that we do not hear him talking to in chapter 14, 15, or 16. He talks to in chapter 16 before he dies. He's born in the word. He knows who God is. But somehow, someway, along his journey of relational pursuits, he is not pursuing the voice of God. But it's not until he is trapped, he's bound, and about to lose his life that he requests, God, give me strength one more time. Give me, Lord, I know I ain't talked to you, but I'm bound and I need you to get me out of this bind. Talks to God. God answers his request. And ultimately, he kills himself and everybody around him. 
There are a few things. There are probably three things that we gather immediately if we're looking at any relational autopsy. And there are a few patterns that we see in both Samson and Delilah that I believe some of us can walk away with that'll help you mature in your relational life. One, cohabitation always leads to compromise. Somebody said, why did you have to say that? Because I was able to talk my way out of my cohabitation and my shacking because it's not in scripture. But you're going to come here today and you're going to tell me that cohabitation will always lead to compromise? Yes. For those of us who live by the creed, well, I didn't see it black and white in scripture. That means it's not a sin. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to look. Is it a sin? You got to ask these questions. Is it wise? Is it satisfying your spirit or your flesh? Does it lead to his presence or your repentance? Now, after you answer those questions, you ain't got to ask pastor if it's a sin or if it's bad or not. Is it wise, though? It could be, Samson, that the time you spent in her lap, in her home, you could have been in your private closet. And every day you spent at her house, you were compromising your strength and your power. Okay. That's not really where I want to go. I'm, I'm still setting up the argument. I get only one point for you. One point. The second thing we learn if we do a relational autopsy. If you don't heal, your relationship will become rehab and your mate will become your therapist. Now, the way that I believe God is going to work today, I'm going to throw the word, it's going to hit somebody today. If you do not heal, Samson, Delilah, your relationship will become rehab and the person you're dating will become your therapist. Because now Delilah is having to answer to everything somebody else did before Samson ever came to her. And Samson is having to deal with everything Delilah didn't get answered or fulfilled before Samson ever came in her life. Number three. I want you to write this down, somebody. If reducing or compromising your anointing is a relational requirement, you don't need to apply for that position. I'm going to say it again. Take a step back. I'm going to let you write. I'm going to let you write. If reducing your power or your anointing is a relational requirement, you don't need to apply for that position. If it requires you sacrificing the power of God on your life, it's not that important. All right, all right. 
Let me give you this one. Number four, just because it's different doesn't mean it's better. Samson, why you love Delilah? Well, Delilah gave me everything nobody else could give me. All I wanted was my first wife to give me some attention, but she didn't. The woman who I slept with, I just really wanted to be validated, but it was short-lived. You know how many times I counsel and I talk to people and they get so enthralled and enamored in the person who they're dating? And the thing that they do is they immediately connect and compare this relationship that they're, they're in to everything the relationships were not in the past. And that's cool. But very often it becomes a trap because what is attracting you to this relationship is the fact that it's different, not necessarily better. It can be different and still give you the same results. She's giving you attention, but just like every other relationship you were in, Samson, you had to compromise who you were. All right, all right. I, Let's get to the message. Samson had three. Everybody say three. three. Looking in Judges chapter 16, Samson had three relationships. And each of these three relationships reveals something about him. And ultimately, we're going to look at Delilah because Delilah uncovers the very thing that we need to walk away here with today. Something we learn about Samson, he loves quickly. Samson loves quickly. Samson loves hard. And whenever Samson is in a relationship, he often loses himself. When you look at the first marriage, when you look at the woman who was a harlot, and even when you look at Delilah, whenever Samson is in a relationship, he becomes so focused on the other person that he begins to compromise even his own values. Because when he was with the woman who he proposed to, he started hanging around dead corpses. And as a Nazarite, one of the things that you should never do is come in, con in contact with anything that is dead. But when you look at his life, he, he, he fell in love with this woman and now he's playing in the belly of, of a lion because he's losing himself. And then he sees a woman who is a harlot and he goes in and he sleeps with her. Then he sees Delilah, I'm going to live with you. We're going to play like we're married. And I'm going to ignore everything about you that is a red flag because I want to be in a relationship just that bad. Keep on, keep on looking, keep on. We discover that Samson does not handle conflict well. When something occurs that he does not like, he acts out. The last thing we learned is this. When you look at Samson, and this is where we make our turn, and I want you to look at this on your own time, he uses each of the three relationships as a crutch 
to cope with the fact that his devotional life is deteriorating. I'm going to say it again. What Samson does, he uses the relationships in his life as a crutch. He uses it as a crutch to cope with the fact that there is a gap in his life where God is supposed to be and he has not been talking to God, he has not been in communion with God, he has not been in God's presence, and because his devotional life is deteriorating, he's leaning on relationships to do for him what only God can do. Somebody shout cope. So now he's using his relationship as a coping mechanism. I need to be with somebody. No, you need to be in God's presence. You know what God's presence is like. You know what you need, but you're far away from God. And the further you get from God, the more you continue to pursue someone else to fill that God-sized hole. All right, all right, all right, all right. We look at Delilah, though. If you look at Delilah, there are a few things we walk away with. And I'm going to give you your one point. See, Delilah, she needed someone to fill that emotional void in her life without asking for a commitment and relationship. Ain't no woman gonna give me no feedback on now, it's cool. <laughs> See, Lalila, she just needed somebody, she needed a man to come and to fill the void of emotion. I just need a man presence but I don't want a relationship. I ain't ready for a relationship. I ain't looking for a relationship, but yet he's doing everything a man would do who would be in a relationship with you just without the commitment. Somebody shout friend zone. Now ain't no woman gonna come back whenever I ask preaching, it's cool. She just needs a man to fill the void to do the things around the house, to listen to my conversation because I came from work and these girls and these women on the job, they are stressing me out. I need somebody to listen to me and even give me some sex. But as long, and we're not talking about marriage because I, I, I'm healing, I'm, I'm, I'm healing. I, I don't. <laughs> I just need a friend. I don't really, I'm not really need a man. I, I, I'm, I'm hurt. And he like, yo, like, yo, how long? Like I, I, I fixed the roof. I fixed the appliances, like, like I cook, I'm cleaning. How much more friends you need? <laughs> All Delilah wanted was somebody to fill the void. The second thing we gather from Delilah, she didn't want a relationship because she got everything in the free trial that she would have gotten with the paid subscription. 
You see, Delilah was like, why would? Because you do know it happens both ways, don't you? Like, 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 why would I want marriage when Samson give me everything I want? He give me money. I don't know where he getting it from, but the God he serve is obviously providing. Whenever I need him, he's always there. I mean, he, lit, he, he fills the void. Why would I want to get married? She didn't want anything more because she got everything with the free trial. Why would I pay for the subscription? Somebody say, that's not a relationship. That's rehab. That's rehab. So here is the thing. All of these things represent what went wrong in their relationship. But there is one thing particular that I think whenever we hear about Samson, whenever we preach about Samson, we miss, we overlook, we downplay. And I think every person who is single, every person who is seriously dating, every person who is married, every, purpose who is, every person who is trying to live a purpose-driven life can get from this. Follow me. In verse 5, the Bible says that there were some lords of the Philistines who came and they introduced themselves to Delilah. And then they made one request of her, that you go back and you entice Samson to find out the secret to his power. But when we go to verse, verse 9, this is what it says. Now men were lying in wait, staying with her in the room. I think they missed it. Verse 12. So Delilah took new ropes and bound Samson with them and said to Samson, the Philistines are upon you, Samson, the men lying in wait in the inner chamber that belongs to Delilah. No, they, they still didn't listen. Let's look at verse 18. When Delilah saw that he told her everything, she sought and sent out word to the rulers of the Philistines, come back one more time into my inner chamber, into my private closet. When you research this, into my bedroom. I'm going somewhere. Nudge your neighbor and say, we about to make that move. If you do your research, essentially what happens is, Verse 5, they introduce themselves to her. By verse 8, she has those men in her bedroom. In her private chamber, in her closet, these men are now hiding. Are y'all? In the same house that her and Samson are sharing with one another. We already talked about cohabitation. We already talked about that. On three different occasions, do you have 
men who are in her bedroom hiding in her private closet waiting. The greatest threat to your life, to your relationships, and to your marriage is unwanted and unwarranted people in private places they don't belong. Now this is the greatest threat. Yes, yes, his hair was cut, he lost his strength. He lost his strength, he couldn't fight. Yes, this is true. This caused him to die, but I don't believe that that is the fullness of it. Because what really killed Samson was not his hair getting cut. What killed Samson were people who were given unfettered access into his life and his relationship without his permission. See, all right, all right. They're in a relationship. And then the woman who he is dating, whether she wants to agree that they're in a relationship or not, has given people permission to come into her home, into private spaces that otherwise they should not have access to. And now people are hiding in their relationship. And now that is what poisoned anything that was potentially good. Come on, come on. What's ruining your relationship or your marriage is that you're giving too many people backstage access into your life. If you're single, into your life. If you're in a relationship, you're talking to too many people. If you're married, the problem is you don't have boundaries. Too many people know what's going on in your marriage. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Look, let's look again, let's look again. Verse five. The men approach Delilah, right? Look at the sequence. They approach Delilah in verse five. She has time to determine whether or not she wants to submit to this request. They didn't force her. They bribed her. Verse 5, they approached her. 6, 7. By verse 8, they're in her bedroom. By verse 9, the relationship is under attack. What are you saying? You can't control the voices that speak to you. But you can control the voices you invite into your life. Am I, am, I, am, I make, am I making sense? They didn't come into the home until she invited them in. You can't control the voices that try to influence you. Influence your marriage, influence your relationship, influence your single walk, but you do invite the ones that are in your bedroom, in the private quarters. She said, y'all, come on. And they're hiding. Samson is blind. He can't see. And now their relationship is under attack 
because you didn't cover your access point. And the greatest access point you have are other relationships. Teach them, teach them, teach them. These men who were hidden in her closet represent a few different things. I'm gonna show, uh, let me make it practical. For those of us, I, I don't get it, I don't get it. They represent your parents. Somebody married didn't want to say something. <laughs> they don't want to argue on this Sunday. They represent your parents who keep sticking their head in your marriage, always having something to say, and you still not taking the time to check them. And because you don't check them, your husband almost checked out. Because you don't check them, your wife is about to walk away. They represent your parents, your friends, I'm sorry, your friends, yeah, your friends are your friends, but your friends should not know what's going on in your inner chamber. And because you're telling your friends what's going on in your relationship and in your marriage, that is the thing you've invited into your life that has your relationship or your marriage under attack and you don't even know it. Co-workers, somebody say co-workers. They represent co-workers, they represent your enemies, they even represent your exes. I said it, I said it. Well, here's the thing. When I look at this though, and I look at Delilah, I'm like, man, Delilah really ain't all that bad in this scenario. Like, you know, she ain't all that bad because she's doing then what we do now. What are you saying? When I look at Delilah, yes, all these things she did, but what she did then, how different is it than what we do now? What do you mean? Make it simple. We go to social media. And we listen to the erroneous advice of every person who calls himself a relationship guru. <laughs> Go on, lift your hand. It's okay. It's okay. My name is Isaac, and I'm a recovering addict of listening to everybody who says something that sounds good that applies to my relationship. They said something that sounds good and you go forwarding to him and you wonder why he don't listen, he don't, he don't answer anything because you keep, you keep sending me something that somebody else said, I don't know who he is. <laughs> keep on talking that. We go to social media, we listen to everybody's advice because we're comparing our raw footage with their highlight reel. We don't know anything about them. We don't know how they cook their food in their kitchen. We don't know if they wash their hands. We don't know if they're about to get a divorce. We don't know if they sleep in the same bed, but yet you want to take everybody's advice and you wonder why he resents or she resents. Second thing. Why I don't believe we're that much different than what Delilah did in her time. Because we look at our friend's relationship. We look at our friend's marriage. 
and then we go home or we pick up the phone or we don't say anything. We're just upset and now we're passive aggressive in our marriage or in our relationship because we secretly want what we have to reflect what our friends have. So, so, so how you're inviting voices into your relationship, into your marriage, and they're unwarranted. Teach, teach. How many times have you invited un- well, unwarranted advice? I need to do this. I need to do this. Did you, did you talk to God before you say you're going you're gonna to do that, though? How many times have you agreed or said, I, I need to do this, and you hadn't even talked to the Lord? Or you said, well, that's why, my, that's, why, that's why my relationship didn't work out because what they said, see, I, I knew somebody would tell me what, what went wrong. The demise of Samson and Delilah was less about him compromising his power and more about them not having boundaries in who they allow to speak and enter into their life. You can't have anything healthy as long as you have too many voices in your relationship. Oh, all right, all right, all right, all right. The voices didn't begin in the bedroom. They were invited there. All right, all right, all right. Let me give you these, 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 these five things. I, I, the voices didn't begin in the bedroom. They were invited there. So let me give you these things. One, your relationship with God will set the tone for every other relationship in your life. If we walk away from this, what we gather is this. Man, I see why bro be sweating, be with with the, with the, with the, I should have brought. Your relationship with God will set the tone for every other relationship in your life. Number two, it's more costly to repair a relationship than it is to get prepared for one. Let me make it make sense. Let me make it make sense. It's more costly to repair a relationship than it is to have to get prepared for one. Let me, let me say it this way. It's hard to repair a broken relationship, but it's also hard to get prepared for a healthy one. You got to choose your heart. I'm just going to tell you the truth. If you want a healthy relationship, it's hard to get ready for one. But if you have a relationship that's broken, it's hard to repair it, but you got to be the one to say, no, nah, I'm going to choose my heart. And the heart I'm going to choose, I'm going to do what's necessary before. Let me give this to you. Number three, some relationships are portals that will expose you to unhealthy spirits. Some relationships are portals, are open doors that will expose you to unhealthy mindsets, unhealthy behaviors, and unhealthy patterns. 
she invited them into her home, into her room, and inviting those people into my home, into my relationship, and inadvertently was exposing it to something greater. Now I get spirits ripping and running all through my home and my life because I wasn't guarding my access points the way that I need to. Give them one or two more. Number four, inviting too many voices into your relationship will cause it to spoil. Somebody shout spoil. Some of our issues is that you don't have the right voice speaking in your life. You got too many voices that have access into your life and too many voices is the reason that the relationship, your marriage is unhealthy. The lastly, lastly is this. If God's voice is not your primary pursuit, relational ruin will be your inevitable outcome. If pursuing God's voice is not your primary pursuit, you can expect every relationship to eventually dissipate. I will go as far as to say this. When you look and you examine Samson's life with Delilah, watch this. They pursued other people's voices more than they pursued the voice of God. Remember, she discovered that Samson told her the truth and she sought those men one more. Come back one more time into my relationship. I have everything you need. But not one time was the person Samson was dating ever seeking the face of God into their relationship. The relationship is over and now Samson is talking to God. Your greatest relational asset, your greatest asset is the relationship that the person you're dating have with God. And if the quality of their relationship with God is poor, it can impact the health of your relationship. She's pursuing other people's voices. I don't care how long they've been married. I don't care how many books they wrote. I don't care how highly recommended they come. No one else's voice should be sought after more than the voice of God. Well, 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 what went wrong with Samson and Delilah? A lot of things went wrong. But they couldn't really, really go wrong. It was irreparable when she said, I'm going to invite you into areas that you don't belong. And now you in our home. 
We're talking about you. We're arguing about you. You know stuff you shouldn't know. Because of backstage passes that don't belong to you. God, we thank you. For what our eyes have seen, our ears have heard, and our hearts have felt. God, you know where each and every one of us are in our lives, in our singleness, in our professional pursuits, in our dating, even in our marriage. God, you know where all of us are. It's not just about romantic relationships. It's business partnerships. It's relationships with my friends and, and co-workers at work. It's, it's relationships with my family. It's relationships with people I know at church. God, help me to become relationally intelligent. Help me so that my relational hygiene is better. Help me so that I become relationally mature so that I can be effective in your kingdom. Lord, help me to pursue your voice more than I pursue the voice of any one thing else. God, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We don't just want to be coping. We don't want our relationships to be rehab. We don't want other people to have to pick up what somebody else broke and, and to fix what somebody else didn't, didn't give attention to. God, we, if we are broken, help us to give you our pieces so that you can put us back together again. You know what we need. And so we give you all of us right now. It's in the name of the Father who made us, the Son who saved us, and the Holy Spirit who keeps us. And all of God's people shouted together, amen. And all of God's people shouted together, amen again. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap.